Well, Brent is gay and Kaylin's gay and Clark is gay and Ryan's gay and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Special extra issue, Black Widow. I'm Kaylin. I'm Clark. I'm Ryan. I'm Adam. And I'm Brent Wingate. And we are talking about Black Widow, which is what Kaylin just said. So I'm going to be hosting for today. Uh, just so you know, kind of giving you a quick description of the plot. Um, obviously, if you haven't seen this movie, uh, go see it and then come back to us. But after months of delays, Black Widow acts as the titular character's starring vehicle, using a ScarJo-focused plot to tell a story about family while also expanding the MCU. So everything after this is spoilers. Make sure to pause it, go watch it, and then come back and listen to us. So, longer description. Bridging the gap between Civil War and Infinity War for Natasha, Black Widow is on the run from General Thunderbolt Ross and Sokovia Accords. After a quick escape, she returns to an old Norway safe house where she's attacked by the mysterious Taskmaster who's hunting after a series of antidotes to the Red Room's mind control agent sent to Natasha by none other than Yelena Belova, her old Russian spy sister. Reuniting in Budapest, Yelena gets Natasha up to speed that the Red Room is still active and Drakov, its head dick in charge that Natasha thought she killed, is still alive, so it's time to finish the job. The remaining 134 minutes see Natasha and Yelena breaking out of Russian, breaking out Russian super spy soldier and spy dad, Alexei Shashkov, okay, fuck that up. Reuniting with pig commander extraordinaire, former Black Widow, and spy mom, Melina Vostokov. That one's (laughs) (laughs) And running from exploding debris while taking down Drakov and Taskmaster, revealed to be none other than Antonia Drakov, the daughter who was presumed dead as a casualty of the original assassination. The movie ends with the Red Room destroyed, Drakov dead, Antonia and the Widows released, and a sisterhood restored. So, first question. On a scale of one to Fast and the Furious, this is definitely a movie about family. How well does it accomplish its goal? Kayla. Uh, I think it accomplishes it pretty well. I mean, this movie clearly should have come out earlier. Uh, definitely, I mean, not just, not, <laughs> just, say. Like, <laughs> not just May of 2020, but I feel like it, this movie was long overdue and, you know, Ike Perlmutter uh, is a piece of shit and didn't believe that uh, female leads could carry a movie. Uh, but I think the chemistry between uh, uh, Natasha, Yelena, and the two, you know, surrogate parents that they have, I thought was delightful. I think, you know, some some of my favorite scenes were, like when they were around the dinner table at um, uh, uh, Melina's farm, I thought like just that interaction uh, and their chemistry worked really well. So this movie has flaws, which we'll get into, but I think as a movie about about surrogate families, I thought it worked reasonably well. Ryan and then Clark. Uh, I enjoyed this movie a lot. Uh, I thought it was great. I waited so goddamn long for it. (laughs) Some might say too long. Um, With that in mind, uh, family is very much uh, the theme of it. And I think uh, if we're talking about her family, which is not her actual family, um, a dad that isn't there, a mom that I guess just loves to kill pigs or whatever the fuck, she's a scientist <laughs> or whatever. Um, a sister that loves to kill, which could be translated to abortions. Um, I felt really identified with Wait, what? We're not, we're not going into This is it. like a Clark answer. We're not going into it. No, God. No, no, no. You brought it up. 
No, it's, um, I really do think this is like a queer family culture, just of like the estranged dad, the mom that's like insane, that's a scientist, maybe. It's like, I, it, all of it fits in. Um, I really enjoyed it, but it is not one that is a close family that I think most identify with. Um, so a lot of people have been shitting on it online. And it doesn't make any sense because if this is the only family you know, then you sort of like find your own family. Am I right? I yeah. think that's queer. I think that's queer culture in general. That's what RuPaul uh, always says. Yeah, that's right. RuPaul does say that. Well, all let's the time. not quote her now, please. <laughs> but like, uh, but yeah, I I did sort of love it because it was just like you, you make do with whatever you got at the time. So I sort of loved it. Sorry, do you know what you got? Um, I feel like they needed to give Melina a more time. I needed like two more scenes with her. I mean, Kaylin and I are going to say the last third of the movie is trash. At least I'm going to say Kaylin's seen it twice. But to me, the last third is a piece of garbage. And you her mean stuff, the falling act? The whole, yeah. <laughs> Anything after the the pig um, pig farm and stuff when they when they yeah. get captured. Um, we didn't get enough Melina before that, and therefore all this, all of her whatever growth or familyness happens in the middle of this lame, boring, sh- like trash yeah. shit show. So I needed a bit more of her because the other three I totally got, totally get the family connections. I thought that was awesome, but out the window. Agreed. I agree. I agree with everything Clark said. Well, so and, yeah. and me as well, and me as well. <laughs> yeah, and me as well. Um, well, so yeah, I think kind of doing a quick kind of flip to a question, I'm going to bring it up because I also agree with like the third act problems, but I also liked the third act of this movie. Uh, this is, uh, <laughs> this is the first female driven MCU film that wasn't an origin story. Obviously I'm talking about Captain Marvel, which came out before this. Um, when you think about the two movies, how did it feel different from Captain Marvel? And obviously to avoid making a competition of, uh, female driven movies, we don't want that. What are the best parts from either you want to see lifted into other female-focused properties uh, within the MCU? Brent? I think there's a lot of people who really dislike Captain Marvel because the the cultural narrative about um, gaslighting and undermining women didn't resonate in the same way for that movie that, like... I thought there's a lot that the movie that I liked it more than I think the average person did because the movie tried to be subtle about some of its themes in this story. It's definitely dealing much more heavy handfully with the me too movement. And part of the reason why the third act seems a little bit bizarre and why I think it, it doesn't work as well is that, they're the villainy of someone like a Harvey Weinstein like character is so transparent that it's very hard to include that kind of character in your story and make it feel novel or insightful or like you're getting something different other than um, the violence that you could bring on a person who's caused so much other people harm there there there's no subtlety to it at all that you know, where you get maybe more of it is from the interactions that you have with um, like, uh, you know, Yelena and Natasha or the family members rather than the villain, which I think is, you know, where people draw most themes from. Uh, Caitlin and then Clark. 
Well, I I do think this was kind of an origin story because the first 15 minutes before the credits are clearly like her origin when they're in Ohio. You already fucking know those, her. You already know her. Or or it was a lost episode of The <laughs> yes, Americans. Uh, great. Yeah, it was The Americans. <laughs> it's, um, it's, I, go ahead, go ahead, Clark. I was going to say, it's an origin story of a better Black Widow. That yes. is, yeah, well, I do want to get yeah. the characters there. Villanelle yeah. from uh, Finding Eve. Yeah. Very true. I was just going to say, since we started talking about the third act, I feel like this movie was trying to be the Winter Soldier in a lot of ways, down to the fact that the, there were helicopter carriers falling from the sky. Yes. It's like it's like Kevin Feige said, we got a formula. Winter Soldier was one of our best movies, our most acclaimed movies. Let's figure out a way to like try to use that template to almost to a fault. I don't think it needed it. It was telling a really personal story, and then it just went straight up like Phase Two Marvel bombastic that it didn't need to. Clark, um, once again talking about the third act, I think most of the Me Too stuff and the female empowerment stuff happened in that third act. That was so convoluted and shitty that it just got lost in the fray of nonsense half the time. It was so punched, but at the same time, people are flying through the fucking air and jumping on shit and then <laughs> crash landing magically and everything's fine. Um, and then the one thing I do, the part that hit him, you know, the, the opening credits I thought were fantastic. They're doing Nirvana, but yep. it's like a different tone and it's showing all these women getting to- like just, I, yeah. I, the the it, I felt the aggression was aggression against women was palpably gross but also necessary in a way Brian, you shook your head at me go um i thought the intro was taken from so many things that we've seen before and it felt very disjointed for this film that we're about to perceive in terms of uh you know uh everything's kind of you know rape and sterilization of women is funny so I don't feel like it was the same as the film that we got. I I was like, is this a World War II documentary? <laughs> when the beginning like was so harsh and so like very in your face, which was great. And I kind of wanted it to lean into that. But the way that they're just like, yeah, and I also love Vest. And I was like, uh, I love best. I love, I love, I love all best. I was like, that's that's not the. I I think they have a vibe, they that they don't understand how to like categorize. Like what? they need to understand what they're trying to give out right now. They they gave the great message at the end of the day, and I think it all flowed together collectively. But with that said, uh. When that intro was going on, I was like, is this just the fucking Americans? I think a lot of people said that. A lot. Well, a lot. Maybe, well, maybe I that's why I like the credits. Because I, I would like a dialogue. So, Adam, what do you think? I was going to say, do you all think that there were maybe like rising studio notes potentially for the movie? Because I do think, I actually hadn't thought about it. I liked, I definitely yeah, liked the that beginning. That probably came later. It definitely like jar. It definitely shook me a little bit of like, oh, what a like to your point, Kaylin. It's very um, Captain, you know, Winter Soldier. Let's take this seriously. And then I think by the end, you're right. They kind of. It seemed like somebody, somebody, somewhere, uh, maybe Kevin, our friend, 
rained rained it in, but yeah. it's like rained it in like a really bad way that I don't know if they thought was this going to hit with the crowd if it was taking itself too seriously. Um, but so I wanted to talk about that. But then my my bigger question too is is this also going to we talked about this for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier podcast too that obviously dealt with very serious issues and in some cases handled them really deftly and in other cases maybe like because of the MCU brand are we going to keep kind of having this conflict where it you know so on so forth so Kaylin I'd love to hear from you yeah no you completely read my mind because I was thinking about like the race relations issues in Falcon and Winter Soldier where like you had Isaiah Bradley playing such a powerful character and the way he related to Sam Sam's reluctance to take on the shield and the mantle of Captain America. And then at the end, you know, um, he does the one thing that Isaiah didn't want. He didn't want like this recognition, you know, in the Smithsonian, because if he did, then like the federal government would know that he's still alive. And it's just like, it's like you guys are delving into some like really important issues, but and you're handling some of them really well. And the other ones are like, Oh, well, we're, it's still it's a it's a comic book movie about uh, all this stuff and so there is some sort of tonal shift but at the same time i'm glad they're talking about it i don't know what the right solution is i think maybe at some point in the future we'll they'll find the right balance for it uh but it is you know it's a marvel movie so it is going to have the humor about the vest which also a scene i actually really really like by the way um mm-hmm. but um it's gonna it's it, it's gonna they're gonna try to deal with it like by not by if they hadn't approached like the, you know, the sort of the, uh, the way that women were subjugated, you know, with the red room, I just think it would have felt false. So this is my sort of schizophrenic way of saying, I don't know what the solution is. I'm glad they did it, yeah. but it still feels quite, not quite there yet. In the way that they're, they're talking about these issues. I'll do right? Brandon, let's jump into characters. Uh, so I think that uh, one possible fix might be uh, changing moving the way in which that the comedy is directed right after someone makes uh, a very declarative statement about uh, their, their personal experience. So like when Yelena kind of uh, goes off and starts talking about how her reproductive rights were just completely ripped from her and she is trying to own it with a joke. She has, yeah. she has, yeah, was a great so time, yeah, that, that kind mm-hmm. of gallows humor to it, I thought was great for then to just be deflated by having Alexi also make some wacky joke instead of maybe try and be dismissive or push it off in some way that elevates the tension so that when they're talking even more later, there's an increased pushback about how he is not really a father figure to her or that you know he, he uh, ab- uh, abdicated his responsibilities in his you know fake fathership. So that like you don't end up in a scenario where, you know, she's trying to have this very serious moment about what the family meant to her. And he's joking around about having urine on his hands or whatever, but it's all okay because he remembered a song she sang in a car. Like don't let the, don't let the fall from it deflate what the person was saying before either ratchet up the tension further or make some sort of lateral move that it can be addressed later. For sure. And as we know, the last line before the third act was that dumb song, which said, and this will be the day that I die. <laughs> Basically, that's when the movie should have been killed. Uh, yeah, really. from, that song, from the end of that conversation on, it was a bad movie. So I totally agree with you in that 
it should have that should have been handled much wait differently. you didn't like how he sung that in a bad russian accent <laughs> <laughs> just foreshadowing the it very should next have, moment. it should have been said like this will be the day that i fall for twenty five thousand hours yes <laughs> <laughs> My uh, my favorite part about any movie where people are obviously supposed to be of some sort of ethnicity or descent where they would have a different language is when you get the whole family together, no one Whoa. speaks in the fucking language. Ooh, yeah. I because nope. <laughs> that, the- that was my biggest pet peeve about this movie for different characters. I'm just like, you know, give her a li- it's We're fucking smart enough people. People like the MCU, they'll read a bit more dialogue if you actually put it on the screen. Well, but we can't get humor uh, out of it. We could, we could get information from bad guys talking about things that need to happen, but if you, you can't read you never humor, get humor. You know, in, in foreign language. Well, maybe you can, Clark, so you need to step your pussy up. Let's talk about I characters. Try watch, I try to watch Spanish language comedy uh, comedians on Netflix, but I only get half the jokes. Wasn't well, asking for your life story, boo. Stop searching about- <laughs> that on Netflix, please. Let's okay, talk let's about characters. Uh, let's talk about Natasha. So how well does the film work in finally giving this character some added depth besides passing combos about Budapest and scenes of her acting as a guiding post for most of the male MCU characters. Ryan? <laughs> Not well, bitch, because <laughs> it's so stupid. It's you're like, you weren't fleshed out before. You were like a love interest of Tony Stark. Well, you're not gonna get more now, but we will flesh out your replacement. Like, I just <laughs> love it, yeah. It's all that fucking is right there. She's not anything. I one thing I will say is every time she talks on screen and does, uh, she's the ADR that they add in later. It's so soothing because she has the best voice ever. Mm-hmm. But with that said, that does not a plot make, and <laughs> uh, except for the the movie her. But like, otherwise, I don't think she did a great job. She was really phoning it in. You've seen interviews with her and she is like, which movie is this again from the MCU? Like she is like checked all the way out. And I get it because she's done 45,000 movies with the MCU, but it, uh, it feels the end. And she feels, I feel from her as the actress, that she wanted to be gone a long time before. Cause they, they even asked her, they're like, so when you died, you found out that you died in one of the Avengers movie, how did you feel? And she said, I guess bad. I, uh, <laughs> uh, what, what, um, I'm not really worried about, and I'm like, okay. So like, she is just checked out just total and like, she's ready to move on. So for an actress to get an opportunity to maybe hold the mantle after her, I'm excited for it because uh, Pew, 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 Pew seems very excited. And I'm super excited for that. Yeah, I want to hear from Brent. And then I want to jump into obviously the most kick-ass star character of the the movie. So Brent. The talking about showing what Budapest was all about was so incredibly necessary for her character. Uh, because it was like one of the defining jokes that we saw about her. I think that there's kind of two ways they really tried to build her out. One is with her familial interactions. Um, and the other is with her relationship with her, her act, what, with what she's done in the past. 
And I think each of the familial interactions, they kept throwing, here's an opportunity for some really great development for you, something interesting. And it, and it really only works with Yelena and kind of the joking that they had back and forth. The fact that they wasted the reveal of Taskmaster and they couldn't actually have some kind of interaction really meant that there is no emotional stakes ever I'm going to get from Black Widow having read in her leisure. That that yep. was yeah. like the most important Very thing true. for her and the biggest motivator about like, why does she feel and do the things that she does? Why is she so untrusting? Um, and what has she done wrong that she has to make up for? And that was uh, very well set up and then just completely wasted uh, by, you know, having this, having this fight that, you know, had no dialogue later. Right. Well, that's, uh, I, I felt exactly the same. I just feel like I was talking about Task Matter, it, it yeah. undercut any development she had in the, in the rest of the movie. Didn't matter. As Brent said, just emotionally deadened anything. I thought they were going to like, all right, d- d- if you're killing a kid, keep the kid fucking dead. Yeah. That's what I say whenever I go to sleep. <laughs> well we'll talk about the reveal in a little bit but i do want to add you late into the conversation because i did like i think brent to your point the ongoing conversation and dialogue they had i mean this to your, all your kind of conversation this movie is a backdoor pilot for yelena belova much like black panther and civil war this is not a movie really about black widow because she's not going to fucking do it again scarjo does not want to be anywhere near it so how did you feel about the character and what did you think Florence Pugh brought, Pugh, Pugh, Pugh brought to the role? Kaylin? So uh, Florence Pugh is like 25 years old and she's, I think, one of the greatest actresses already, like I think of like her generation. You know, she's like been nominated for an Oscar. Like she was in a really wonderful movie that came out two years ago, Midsummer. Uh, just like is iconic. She's memeable. She's great. And I actually thought originally the movie was going to be more about her and then Natasha was going to be in flashbacks, uh, like as like, you know, kind of like mm. interweave through the movie, not what this movie ended up being, where it is just, you know, it's mo- mostly about Natasha filling in the gap between Civil War and Infinity War, which I don't know how much we needed, really. Um, so, so much so that, like, I'm very excited about where this character is going. The coda that we got at the end with um, with uh, Contessa. Um, uh, you know, like we knew that was gonna, we knew that was coming, but like, God, that was a, a fucking great, like, you know, like cliffhanger of an ending. Like, she is so fucking good. She's great in the action scenes. I fucking love the fight scene between her and Natasha. It was better than that fucking scene in Atomic Blonde from a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the humor of her, like, just taking the piss out of Natasha's stance. Uh, I yes. thought I was like, it's like, oh, yeah. it's like, why you're such, you're such a poser. Oh, this is disgusting. Like, I it made me laugh. Like the vest scene that we referred to earlier. Like, she's just got like this, like kind of like uh, wide-eyed naivete, but she's also just incredibly badass. Like, I am very, very excited for where this character is going to go in um, in uh, future future Marvel films. Clark, did you want to say something? I was going to say there was not a single moment that I didn't love her. Yeah. Everything felt right for the character all the time. I, so, yeah. yeah, I've never, I think we've, I've been talking about it a few that I'm like all the characters on a lot of the new TV and now this being the first phase four movie, right? Yeah. Like all the characters they're adding just make me so fucking excited. And I just want to see more of them. And I think she 
is going to be really good for the future. And I really, I'm, I've, as much as I think ScarJo added value in many ways, including her ASMR voice, I just really want to, Yelena is just going to be so much more fun on a fucking Avengers team. Like, I mean, the way she's going to be able to interact with so many different characters, Falcon even like, you know, is, is perfect. And Hawkeye. Uh, particular. So let's keep adding the family. So Alexi, Red Guardian, played by David Harbour. What do you think about Dear Old Dad? Was he a perfect doofy masculinity compliment to all the kick-ass femininity uh, or not? I enjoyed him. I Yeah. I, I thought, he was I, the biggest ham in the fucking <laughs> world. <laughs> Galen, you were saying? Some people like ham and some people like the way that you say ham, friend. Um, it was, I thought he was, you know, I liked his weird bravado, uh, in the film. I, I think like, you know, the fact that he's like, when I took out Captain America and somebody was like, uh, what year was this? 82, 83, 84. It's like, yeah, he was still uh, alive, you dumb fuck. Like I, 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 enjoy, but is that a I retcon? Just, I stay up at night thinking about it. Like everyone's saying no. it's like, is that uh, what it was? It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a retcon. It's not a retcon. He was a character based on Captain America. When Captain America came back from ice, he's like, I should no. have always sort of fought him. But, it is, but don't it is, you think it's just him? Don't you think they'll the probably piss. try to figure it out? They will try to figure it out in the timeline. I think they'll have they'll pair him up uh, with uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America. <laughs> and it, as uh, you know, and it'll be. Like it won't even be a contest. I mean, like the guy is not going to be able to to fight to fight Sam. Do we think he has some like mental health issues? Because it doesn't make it seem like he's bravadoing when he talks to the the second time he talks about it. It seems like he's kind of confused himself. He doesn't like, seem all there. Yeah, he, yeah. He's asking the question in a way that yeah. feels like. Do you, you believe me, right? Because he's not. It just felt very odd that he's saying it that way when he's, you know, this is the bravado of Captain America, even though obviously he wasn't fucking there. I have a um, father with a heavy accent who's getting older, and I can say that people definitely forget and speak exactly as that character does. Uh, Brent. Uh, <laughs> my, not, my kind of hope about the character was that it was like, yeah, he does have this fake bravado, but he did fight Captain America, but it was Isaiah Bradley. And that there's still the, the kind of like, he wants to maintain both the dignity of fighting him, but also hide the fact that it's like, uh, that there's like, he's still part of the racism associated with that character that even the villains would pretend they fought a white Captain America. Except Isaiah Bradley was never Captain America in this. Correct. The Russians wouldn't know that. And it happened. How old do we think? I'm not sure. Do, how old do we think Red Guardian is? Is he I old enough to have fought in the 50s and 60s when um, Isaiah was fighting? I don't. I don't think so no, either. No, probably because he's because he was in his 30s in the 90s, so he's probably like in his 50s or early 60s top. So, but the point is, Isaiah Bradley was a super soldier, but he wasn't Captain America in in the MCU. Oh. He was Captain America in the 616. That's a so fair point. Somebody between them that was just a dick going by Captain America, but no one remember that except for him, mm. or it just never uh, happened. Well, it also could be Captain America. It's a tall, it's a tall fucking, it's a tall fucking tale. The guy is just, it's bravado. 
He's a ham to Brent's point. Wait, I'm just getting in. Kevin just confirmed that the uh, next Black Widow prequel movie will include that fight. I, yeah, nobody cares. They'll probably never really talk about it. I think. I disagree. Right. I think they will address it very briefly, even if it's a one-off line. I think they will address it at some. Point. Oh, I to your. I think to the point of if if he does show up with Falcon, like or Captain America now, I would love to be like. You're not Captain America. I fought you. Like, just bring that up as like, wait, what the fuck are you talking about? Who is this person? Kevin Feige said, like, I would love to see them fight. Like, I there's something there. Like, there's going to be a throw off line. There's going to be something there. They don't throw away things because fans are cunts. And I'm looking at all of you. I, I don't like that Kalen said that some guy called him out on this, you know, fib when that some guy is Ursa fucking major. <laughs> <laughs> the first mutant oh, in the MCU, you mean? Yeah. I'm the it's first erasure. And, and like, no one cares. Like, we don't believe you. Oh my God. That's that not means- confirmed. I will say that. That was the realest clickbait that I think CBR ever put out because it was whatever the actor said that was maybe not, none of it made sense. Clark, you're going to say something and then I do want to layer in another family member. Adam Molina, if you have anything to say about her. I do want to, um, there's a question you said, do you want more um, Red Guardian? Yes, I want more. I want him part of the Winter Guard with everybody. I want to see Darkstar there. I want to see Vanguard there. Bring in, obviously, Ursa Major. I want to see him turn into a fucking bear. I don't want some normal guy who happens to be big because that's what Marvel does. They make some cheesebally boring version of somebody just to you know, like make the character there, but who gives a shit about the interestness? interesting in this yeah no i mean that ha- i mean that was any sort of superhero property has, has like failed us in that regard they always have names not uh actual people um yeah so lightning round on melina i she didn't get a lot of time in the movie so she doesn't get a lot of time on this podcast she loves those fucking pigs what do you guys think kayla uh i can never get enough rachel weiss she's one of my favorite actresses i think she's gorgeous i'd switch for her she's amazing more Melina, more Rachel Weiss. Yeah, she did. I did like her. You you join uh, another not Shield about it? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> they had a perfect opportunity with her uh, accent. But that they're like, yeah, they're going around the world. They're all doing impressions of other accents. Why wouldn't they have a blended voice? But because none of them really wanted to work on it, her <laughs> sounded the worst. Yeah. <laughs> um well let's let's kind of talk about the villains all together because they weren't really that fucking interesting uh so there's the red room obviously as a overall operation it's the fucking giant sky station that uses 10 million gallons of gas a minute uh there's Drakoff, played by ray winstone and then there's taskmaster who we have obviously already discovered was antonia Drakoff, the daughter uh and played by olga kurielenko um just how do they all work for you you know especially the biggest thing that I always think about is like, you know, is was this really a great way to do Taskmaster considering the character that many people know and love within Taskmaster, the uh, the comic book? Kalen? So I didn't mind that, like, she ended up being Taskmaster. I just think it was a little bit of a missed opportunity. And this is referencing what Brent said earlier. Like, I think if they had found a way to flesh it out a little bit more rather than just making her just like very very one note uh in that fight with with uh, natasha i think that was not great but i mean for like i love the mcu i love a lot of the changes they've made 
but the secondary and tertiary characters they've done, they like, I'm just now used to the fact that they're not going to be the, the characters that I'm used to in the comics. Mm-hmm. Batrock's not the same, you know, Crossbones is not the same, uh, and both of them are dead right now, and Taskmaster's not the same. So I just, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm not going to lose a lot of sleep over the fact that like they're, they're different. I just wish like they could have done a little bit more with that character. And also Ray Winstone is a phenomenal actor and like they completely wasted him. Uh, Like I'm like, I was like, when I, when, when I first saw it was going to be Ray Winstone as a bad guy, I was like, Oh fuck. Like this guy is like such a tremendous like British actor and he can do other accents really well. And like, I was like, he was, you know, very generic. He was very like, phase one marvel like like you know like a, a villain that wouldn't have even made it in iron man 2 uh right. like he was a like a like more an even more subpar whiplash yeah he so, was whatever he was really twirling his uh mustache uh clark and then ryan um what human being in the entire world looks at taskmaster as, as a character in the comics and reads the comics and says i want him to be a very boring woman who does nothing and barely speaks. It's the exact opposite of like a fucking crazy off and on good guy sometimes, bad guy most of the time, kind of nut who will just like switch sides at any time is like gray, gray, gray. And then suddenly it's just, okay, hi, person. It, they could have had any other, it, it could didn't have any Taskmaster. People who, who don't read the comics don't know who Taskmaster is. Pick a random other character, it's a billion. There are a billion Marvel characters. Uh, this is the worst thing Marvel's ever done character-wise for me. I think it's disgusting. She's boring as shit. I already said, kill if you kill kids, keep the kid dead. I want to see her splattered on the fucking pavement. <laughs> Not the actress, the character. Right. Good clarification. <laughs> Brian, Brian. Make, Brian. make that clear. Make that clear, please. Um, <laughs> um, I would agree with Kaylin that this is not fleshed out, so it could have some more legs. With that said, um, in the way that Clark said it, in a very different way, I would like to phrase it. Um, the, the character in the comics is so beloved because it's that character is so fun, so interesting. It's it, the powers are ingrained in that person, and it just like it comes like it, this all feels a little bit forced, and, and and so it's it's just not fun, it's just not fun. Uh, the reveal of like go, 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 <laughs> taking off the Power Rangers helmet and showing who you are is not fun at the end of the day. And so, uh, Marvel did a misstep with that. And I wonder because I think Taskmaster is going to be around for a while, they're going to have to do a big reboot of that mm-hmm. character in terms of like maybe fleshing fleshing her out more or uh, that sweet girl that just got exploded can step away and maybe someone else takes on the mantle. And I think that's probably the better uh, like thing to do with this because um, I don't want to see this character more and she's probably going to be around for a little bit. I don't know. Brent? Um, not having any fidelity to the character of Taskmaster, I thought this is a really interesting character to have. Uh, 
wasted opportunity in this movie, but there's so much room for them to utilize that character in any way they see fit that making it more like the character from the comics I see as a great possibility. I'm really glad that they didn't make Taskmaster the guy friend from the beginning who was helping her get stuff because I felt like, oh, Oh, that guy just showed up so quickly right where she was driving away from her house. The uh, other thing I want to say about uh, Drakov is that uh, was this like the most detailed version of the Marvel movies killing off someone? Like he gets into the helicopter, (laughs) then the helicopter is exploding and they're like, let's go into the helicopter and watch him explode from the inside out. Like there is no way this guy is coming back. Which is with his glasses, like sort of floating off into the ether. Yeah. I would have actually, I didn't even think about it. I would have been happier if that guy in the helicopter had turned out to be Taskmaster. He at least had a personality. He was funny enough and flirty enough. If he he could easily go gray and I'd be totally fine with it. They, um, I remember the actor actually had a really heavily pushback on rumors because when they saw that he was going to be in it, they saw him training and stuff. They were like, obviously that's it. I had my own discovery during the movie because I knew Olga Kurilenko was in um, 007 because I was like, I always do that thing. You like look at the title card, you read everybody's name and you're like, where, where are all those people? And then of course, after they show you the building exploding, they don't, they, the character of Taskmaster has no development whatsoever. None of the villains have any development. Like about, I don't know, an hour and 50 minutes through, I'm sure I should have realized it faster. I was like, oh no, that's who it is. This is so shitty. I hate this. Not because, I think to your point, not because they couldn't have, they could have had her actually have dialogue, have a relationship, the villains are very throwaway because Drakov's previous history of her, since we didn't see a lot of it, it didn't embed as much, I think, as it probably could have or um, should have. Let's jump on to the uh, the others. So S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Rick Mason, Thunderbolt Ross, and also a surprise cameo by Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Uh, quick hits on, on them. Or Clark, you had something else right before we started. I had a question. Um, remember in the Budapest chase scene, where it's random person in black on motorcycle, first chasing them for a while, and with the tank, and then random yeah. person on who the fuck was that? Just some random um, red room person. They never oh, showed yeah. the person's face or anything. It I was, was a, waiting for that. It was. I think it was a widow. It was another widow. Yeah, I just thought it would be something even mildly interesting. I, I, it felt. I kept forgetting, thinking like, who the fuck was that? So for Wacky and Crazy on Taskmaster, I did literally laugh out loud when this fucking tank is barreling down the streets of Budapest. I'm like, how the (laughs) fuck did they get that there? What? That was... Is this this Inception? I did uh, sort of enjoy that like Natasha's watching Goldfinger, or not Goldfinger, she's watching Moonraker. And uh, and then like, of course, it's like one of the most ridiculous like bad guy headquarters in the bedroom, which is also what Moonraker like has that like, you know, out in space and has a scene where I swear to God, James Bond has a gondola that goes from the water in Venice and becomes a car and he's driving through the streets of Venice. So I think uh, to your point, Brent, about having this like giant fucking tank and in, mm-hmm. in uh, wh- where are they? They're in Prague for this. Uh, uh, they're in Budapest. Uh, is it Budapest or Budapest? Uh, they are. Yeah, they are. Uh, they are um, like driving through through there, and like it just. I think it evokes that like uh, that the, the Bond film. Uh, to go back to your actual question, Adam Thunderbolt <laughs> Ross is 
Uh, William H. Macy is looking a little old. Uh, I don't know. Like he, he looked in the prior movies. It kind of looked like hey, he's, he's looking all right. You're, is that is that a joke? William William Hurt. William Hurt. It was like I, was, I love William H Macy. I thought I was supposed to get that joke, and I did it. No, I, uh, I was like, I gonna say, that's the best that William H Macy's ever looked. I always get their names mixed up. <laughs> I, was gonna say that too. I love it. Isn't it sad that they're going to have to like de-age him just to be in the current films, which is his actual age? That's like what I'm that's saying. gonna. It's going to happen at some point because he's like, and then I'll form, and then just like pull up like the teeth fat or whatever what it is um, and just say like, you, you sounded like a dentist. The Thunderbolts. And you're like, well, for fuck's sake, man. Uh, yeah. He looks terrible. And also, why did she get arrested at the end? She could have just not. She could have gone on. She also plan. did it. She literally just Two no, weeks and then later. she was able to go to a Quinjet at the end. This, Fuck this is what, my dick off. Like, because that that's like, so stupid. That so I got, got confused with that too. But this you, didn't take place between say. Civil War and um whatever the fuck it is, Infinity, Infinity War. It took place it within so. Civil War and Civil War. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, for two weeks, and then they got her out. It made no sense. They showed her getting captured, and then the next scene is her. Then going and well, like, what? I, you know what? It might be conducive if you didn't get captured. No, I, I have a quick bad assassin spy. I have a quick hit on that. Apparently, they added that scene because um, the actor wow. and like the actor who played Rick Mason, Ot Fegbenle, he um, ca- he tested so well with test audiences, they just threw that fucking scene. <laughs> so it actually ruins the dynamic of the movie because. Because yeah. that's what I thought, that I thought she was supposed to have gotten broken out when they broke, they broke it out, or they might, maybe she was somewhere else. She probably was on the brig yet. But yeah, I was just like, oh, that makes a lot more sense to me now. Yeah, it's stupid. Caleb? So uh, we were talking about Thunderbolt Ross. We're about to talk about uh, the Contessa here in a second. Valentina, she's working for Thunderbolt Ross, yeah? Like, that's, that's where this is going, Correct. She don't Probably work for anyone. Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt Ross is working for her. No, I do think. Well, remember, uh, Yelena says, I want to raise. And uh, Valentina also says, yeah, well, I'd like one, too. Clearly, like, she mm-hmm. is being right. employed by somebody. That's just shop talk, though. That's just what you say at the office around the water cooler. That's, <laughs> around, not, around that the head, head. Yeah, that's just stuff you say around the headstone. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, I believe you, Kaylin. I trust in you. I believe you. And I believe in people. If that, someone yeah, tells exactly. you who they are, trust them. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, oh, uh, I'm trying to look at this. Go. Okay, let's do our going forward. We've got Yelena. She's going to be in Hawkeye season one, right? Where the fuck else will they fit this weird storyline follow-up? Any thoughts <laughs> on that? Um, it made me infinitely more interested in, in Hawkeye. I mean, I was already interested in, in like, uh, the next, you know, like, uh, Kate Bush and Hawkeye, but, like, having Yelena in there, um, yeah, I'm in. Sounds great. I'll say she's going to be in most three episodes, probably the end of one episode for half a second, just to say, look, guest star. And then she's <laughs> yeah. There'll be some good guys fighting each other. They'll realize yeah. they made their mistake, and she'll go off again. 
Yeah, but still join the Thunderbolts. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> uh, next question. Will the Red Room uh, Widows, or the Black Widows, I wrote them as Red Room Dolls. I don't know why. Will they be forgotten? <laughs> like Paul's in- guys. I know. <laughs> exactly. Like my dolls. Uh, will they be forgotten like the Inhumans? Is this is this going to be another lingering like lingering thing from this movie? Yes, I think they'll. Co- I think they're going to come back because both Rachel Weisz and David Harbour are supposed to come back because uh, I think they've signed like multi-film deals uh, for the MCU, and so I think like it just makes sense to like you know figure out to bring them and then bring in Taskmaster and figure out a way to make her more like uh, like her namesake in the comics. I mean, they'll bring those three back. They're not going to bring a bunch of randos. They don't have enough money to pay 1,800 other people to be in seven films. They yeah. What they needed was like one or two more standout Dora Milaje. I don't know. Sorry, brother. Those are your well, no, I mean, I think that they would exist like an organization like S.H.I.E.L.D. or the Dora Milaje that they're like, they are, they are some entity now. They're an organization that might have members who show up. The Black Widow gang just ready here to, you know. Either help or stop crime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Final question. One word only. What would you do with the mind controlled pig? What? <laughs> One word only. That's the, that's, that's the right answer. What is the right answer? There was the question mark in the question. I will. It felt a little bit short. Hey, you're all winners. That's been our podcast. Everything. Any other big final thoughts? Um, I mean, I'm glad this movie exists finally. I think it's a kind of a middle of the pack MCU movies of the 24 so so odd films that they've released. Uh, liked parts of it, didn't love all of it. Um, glad the MCU is back. Excited to see what. Shang-Chi and Eternals have to offer later this year. Well, thank you for giving every single final thought anyone could have had about this working with me. Ryan. I both loved and hated that they basically were trying to close out some certain things, but then they opened up the world to so many other things. Basically, no one can die because there's always going to be someone that takes their place. Iron Man won't die. Black oh, Widow won't see, die. Yeah. Hawkeye won't yeah. die. Like, no one can actually die. And you're like, just let them fucking be buried. Let them go deep, deep down into the wet, wet dirt. <laughs> Ryan, have you ever read a comic book in your life? <laughs> never. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Kalen, why don't you share one? but like um i would like i this is the mcu so i feel like we were allowed to actually bury our heroes and let's bury our heroes and i'd like to keep us with that well i'd like to say never meet your heroes now you should bury them love the fight scenes and i would instruct the pig to go cook himself (laughs) more falling is all also what i would say more more (laughs) more make it two hours of falling please I love it. I Clark. forgot. To... Oh yeah, Clark, did you have a final? No. Great. <laughs> That's the one. That's that Clark final thought. No, I was going to say, Kayla, I think we talked about this before. Uh, I, I completely forgot to throw in like about the overall movie. I really wish from a timing basis that this, A, didn't get delayed, period, but like would have actually come out between Infinity War and Endgame because there was such a, we talked about Natasha a lot and how the character was already awful. 
What I hated is that there was no fucking, like, all of her family stuff in Endgame made no sense. Because, like, I didn't believe it because it didn't really get shown most of the time in most of the movies that she was in. So I, at least in this, it kind of gave her the plotline arc of rediscovering family so close to the end so that that way it would have, like, hit a little bit more uh, heavy. Um, but, yeah, that's my parting thought. And this has been Homo Superior, uh, our extra issue on Black Widow. We're always available on uh, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, everywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, you can also find us on Homo Superior on Twitter and then Homo Superior X on Instagram at Homo Superior Podcast. Um, that has been it. And just stay dead in the wet, wet mud, you fucker. Goodbye. Bye. I love you.